The call for proposals for Voice Summit 2020 is available now. Having the opportunity to speak at Voice Summit will be highly competitive this year. So if you'd like the chance to be a speaker at this year's event, fill out the form at voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Proposals are only open until January 31st, so be sure to get yours in now. That's voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Voice is going beyond just a smart speaker at home with the growth of hearables, voice car experiences, and more. Patrick Givens, the VP head of VaynerSmart at VaynerMedia, talks about why we need to be thinking of voice on the go, how to start strategizing for experiences like this, why VaynerMedia created a voice tech division, and how VaynerSmart is helping brands create and market voice well. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today, my guest is Patrick Gibbons, the VP head of VaynerSmart at VaynerMedia. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. So VaynerSmart is part of VaynerMedia, which for those that don't know, is led by Gary Vaynerchuk. And Gary is always talking about where the consumer's attention is. And he spoke about voice a while back. And in fact, it was an interview he did that got me first interested in the voice world. Why did VaynerMedia choose to start a voice tech division with VaynerSmart? Yeah, so the way that you phrase the question is in and of itself kind of the answer there. From the start, and we just had our 10-year anniversary here at VaynerMedia, and yeah, really since the very beginning, the kind of lifeblood here has been where is consumer attention? We've talked about where is it underpriced? Where can it be better addressed and used as a marketing channel and a business channel in a way that it's underused by the rest of the market. And that's what led us initially to a focus in a lot of social media channels and more broadly across digital marketing to where we are today, which is truly a full service agency. And then just about four years ago, I came over here to start VaynerSmart. And it was with the ambition of figuring out, okay, in addition to what channels we're operating on well today and the today of four years ago, where else do we expect consumer attention to move next? And what are the channels that are really going to matter for our clients and ultimately for our own businesses in terms of reaching consumers, how they're going to discover new products, how they're going to use those products and purchase and repurchase. And voice leapt out to us amidst a field of different emerging channels, largely because it meets a true consumer need in that for the right use cases, it's faster, it's hands-free, it's easier. And so when experiences are designed properly and we're thinking about the right content for the media, it can provide a real benefit. Faster, easier, tends to win out. So we see a lot heading there. And then from our side, it's a tremendous place to play. It's one where there hasn't been as much of a legacy of some bad habits necessarily as we might see in other channels. And so we're excited to work with the platforms with some of our clients who are interested in being on the forefront here and build out what we hope are some really useful design models. And now, Patrick, I know you personally went to school for English language and literature and did a lot of writing in your career. What brought you to the voice tech world and why at VaynerSmart? I've got a kind of odd and convoluted CV that you can look it up on LinkedIn if you like. But absolutely, I came out as a poetry major from University of Maryland. And my first question was, what does a poetry major do? And it turns out, what I did was find my way to New York and kind of stumble into advertising and working across some account management, some strategy, and some copywriting in the early days, more in traditional channels. Worked through a number of agencies here in New York 
until I landed finally in an innovations consulting role. And that was less around tech innovation, actually, and more around new brand development, trying to develop new markets and new products. And in that work, a lot of what we were doing was not just future-facing, but even a little bit of horizon planning. So we might have been thinking for a client, what is 5 to 10 years out by the time a new brand or product we're conceiving is actually going to be in market and reaching sort of its full potential. Doing that work, I got to know some new technology platforms, one of which was around connected technologies. They're kind of a, a database for connected objects. So if you imagine every soda bottle in the world or every shirt from a certain manufacturer, each of those could have a unique digital identity. And against those digital identities, you could basically program content that consumers might interact with over mobile in the future, maybe over voice. That was the mindset that I was learning as we were developing these new products and increasingly started thinking about what was the marketing future there. And then concurrently, Gary uh, was in the market to start what he was thinking of as an IoT division. He, again, similarly saw a new set of technologies that he really did think were going to change the way people interacted with brands and products. And so wanted to start developing marketing capabilities or figure out what the marketing opportunities were going to be. So that put us in kind of common headspace coming from different directions. Gary saw a market opportunity and wanted to build an agency practice there. I was coming from a more traditional agency background, but starting to see that some of our old tricks of big TV ads, big above-the-line campaigns didn't seem super effective, even in this world of at that point, maybe five, six years ago. And so what was going to be the new way to engage consumers? And voice really leapt out there along with other connected technologies. So that brought me over here in 2016. I founded Bannersmart. Over these last few years, one of the things that you've become really passionate about, especially right now, is conversational AI on the move, which you describe as moving beyond smart speakers to new on-the-go hardware and integration with other mobile technologies where we can unlock high-value contacts for marketers and product designers. Now, working for a consulting and design development agency, what are some of the opportunities you see in voice for many of your clients? When I'm thinking about what our clients should do in voice, I think first and foremost, we try and pull back the aperture a little bit and say voice within a context of a broader marketing and product system, right? So on the product side, you could have voice as instructionals, you could have voice that's actually a way to access information. So we work with clients in financial services, for instance, and so it would make sense. Uh, we've seen a lot of use cases there of account checking, check your balance, check where you've transferred, where you've made payments, some kind of core account functionality, which is made more accessible over voice. And then you can also imagine, obviously, voice as controls for whether that's... We all, I think, think of it as lighting around the home or connected devices, but increasing what are hands-free controls and how can those be done over voice. So those make sense uh, more broadly. And then I think as we get into these on-the-go contexts and to your point, that's what's really got me excited right now is we can, in some cases, and we're not quite there today, but I think we see between Amazon's Echo Buds and the Made by Google announcements of Pixel Buds coming, what Bose has done with integration into headphones, and then beyond that, what we're seeing across the auto OEM landscape of integrating voice assistants. Suddenly, we can not only be thinking of this context of what are the behaviors that as a user I'm comfortable doing sitting in the living room talking to a smart speaker or the bedroom or the kitchen, what have you, a room in a home, or even we've seen obviously some deployments across offices or hospitality 
we've been slowly but steadily over the past four years expanding the contexts in which users come across voice. But once you get to this on-the-go piece, it's much more open-ended. So some of these, if it's a client in a consumer packaged goods or a grocery brand, suddenly they could actually think about experience design meant to work in the aisle when their customer might be comparison shopping. Maybe it's not just about asking a recipe skill when I'm sitting at home in the kitchen, but actually while I'm driving to the grocery store and pre-planning my shopping trip in the moments where as a user, I'm actually thinking about that stuff. Or maybe it's guided experiences around a city, uh, guided tours, all sorts of new ways to think about the value we can provide over voice where it's not bound to both sitting in the home primarily and also doesn't have to be open air audio. So it doesn't have to be something I'm comfortable saying and having projected out across the room. There's obviously, go back to that financial services, client base, lots of sensitive information there and otherwise that folks might just not really be all that excited about asking out loud and hearing played back, even if there's no one else around. It might still be something that's a bit private. So the idea of being able to have more discrete conversations or jump between contexts, depending on where you are in experience, that just really opens up the realm of kind of places we can look to provide value. So we're talking a lot about that. And then I do think that retail context, whether it's grocery or other retail stores, naturally becomes important because it's something so many of our clients that are bought and sold through retail are constantly thinking about. If they're trying to justify why pilot invoice today, they might be fully on board with the kind of future that we imagine where people are engaging with their brands much more over voice assistance. But today, is there really a kind of core need that someone's going to get from a smart speaker in their home? Maybe in some cases, but in a lot of cases, that might not be the right answer. But then suddenly, when you could be providing value, yeah, whether someone's on the road driving or walking the aisles of a store, it just opens up a lot more options. And there's become now a lot of voice agencies in the last few years. What do you think makes Vayner Smart unique within the space? Yeah, I come back to honestly the very start of this where it's we are born out of a broader, not just advertising agency, but a broader marketing company. And we're here to solve some of those fundamental business and marketing problems. And so I think a lot of our colleagues around the voice space, other agencies, do really nice design work. Some of them put out some really cool experiences. Um, I'd like to think, and I think we've made the investment to say, that our design development capabilities are right up there on par with the very best in the world. We've spent, uh, since I've been here, so four years now, investing heavily in that and making it a core focus. But in addition to building and designing really good experiences, we also have this broader agency and company around us that can be really powerful, both in driving discovery, which I think we all hear as a, a big want in the voice space that you could build the very best thing ever, but unless you make people aware of it in the right moment, it's tricky to drive engagement. And then, so we have a built-in solution on that end. And then more broadly, thinking about that role that a voice experience plays within a broader product or marketing system. I mean, I think, again, any company can take that more strategic vantage point coming in. The difference is we're actually practitioners along that broader marketing ecosystem as well. So whether that's being able to tap in some of my colleagues here at Vayner on the media side of house, and when we have an experience coming up, understand what are some of the most efficient ways to actually drive that discovery and with the right audiences. Or if it's about tapping into the broader creative and strategy teams who might understand 
a really full consumer journey for one of our clients and be able to help pinpoint the moments where we could address a real need with a voice experience. It's just thinking of this not in isolation, but instead as part of an overall brand system, which ultimately is how the users are going to experience it. So we look at that as our kind of big competitive point of difference, that expertise, but also integration with the broader system. And can you share with us any success stories you've had with the brands you've worked with that are using voice? Sure. You know, of those that we've kind of been acknowledged publicly and spoken with, two that come to mind, one, JP Morgan Chase. It was a pretty big story for those in the ad, ad world. A couple of years ago, we were named their voice agency of record. And that's been a great partnership running for a couple of years now where there've been bits that have been public facing. And we've seen some really interesting thought leadership experiences on their side where I'm really proud of the work we've done with them to take some of their really great educational information, really great guidance for investors, and making that a bit more accessible through public-facing skills and flash briefings. But then beyond that, some of the work internally we've done from a strategic standpoint. So helping them understand as they progress towards market with an owned voice assistant, uh, as they look into the roles that across their different businesses interacting for conversations, whether it's voice or messaging, are going to play... In some cases, this is you know upper funnel stuff where it might be after initial awareness, but they want to help do a little bit of validation of leads or bring folks along that journey a little bit. Sometimes an automated conversational experience might actually be a better solution than trying to drive them right into a bank branch or something like that. So we've done quite a lot of work on the strategy side for JP Morgan Chase there. And then another one who's been a great partner over the years and we're continuing to work closely with has been Diageo in the spirits category. So the makers of most of many of the most popular spirits. And for them, they were actually our very first client that we ever developed a skill for that was Johnny Walker uh, Whiskey Mentorship. So this guided whiskey tastings back in 2016. Saw a lot of success there, evolved and ported over from Amazon to Google as well. Continue to iterate on that and then uh, spread it out to another skill experience called Happy Hour that's kind of portfolio-wide, a little bit more of a recipe experience for cocktails, but within the broader Happy Hour context, so some fun reasons to cheers and stuff along the way. And then increasingly now, as both Amazon and Google have started to build out more first-party capabilities specifically in that recipe space. It's a, obviously a very popular domain for voice, and so one where the platforms are investing more in answering questions directly themselves and maybe not always or at least less frequently deferring out to third-party skills and actions. Now we're kind of pivoting on our strategy and looking into what are the new ways that the platforms are going to be surfacing this information to users and how can we position Diageo as a portfolio and then the individual brands in the right moments there to surface the right recipe in the right moment for a user, guide them through whether it's uh, instructions on certain types of mixing or garnishing, all the different stuff that you can get around cocktail content. And then for some of their brands, there will still be more you know, interactive experiential things. It's not to say that it's all utility-based all the time, but across their portfolio, really picking out the right solution in the right moment. And it's something that they've put as a big priority and have been really great partners over the years for us. Now, when you're talking about on the go, which is, again, what you're really passionate about at this time, how does a brand create a voice skill that works on the go beyond a device at home? So maybe what are some tips you can give to make sure a brand skill can be used on the go? Yeah. And I'd start with, we are just figuring this out now. Like those hardware form factors I was talking about, 
Echo Buds just shipped um, you know, within the last few months anyway. The Pixel Buds aren't going to ship until next year. I think latest we've heard is early spring. And so we've been playing around on with uh, the teams on both of those sides, as well as at Bose, they've got the hardware and market earlier. It's obviously a small user base, but really cool seeing even the Bose frames and how those uh, are a lot integrating voice commands there. But I think first and foremost, it's about really getting into the mindset of a user, defining... So we talk here in terms of an IDT, the inspirational design target. And part of the definition of that user is going to be where they're being, where they're using the experience. And so in terms of envisioning where they are and then forecasting needs based on that, it's really important in the planning stages. And then in terms of the actual experience design, as of today, we don't have you know, an automated way to sense which hardware it's coming through across, at least across Amazon and Google. And so in those contexts, it's about trying to, with you know, a little bit artfully up front, we don't want to be totally bashing people over the head with uh, wayfinding and directions, but asking them early on in experience a couple of discovery questions to figure out as much about their context as we can, and then tailor the rest of the experience from there. So really, you might very well have an experience that you've designed one way if you're envisioning someone over a smart speaker and another way if they're on the go. It's not unlike how we think about multimodal today where we might have fundamentally a very similar experience, but if someone's got a screen device in front of them, I can make a lot more assumptions and show them uh, reference information on that screen that if they're audio only, I can't. So the sooner that I can kind of work into the upfront of the conversation some discovery question that helps me know which context they're in, the better tailored I can make that experience. Well, I think you've provided so much information today. If people want to learn more about what we talked about or they want to connect with you, where can they do that online? Sure. So the best place for me is going to be on LinkedIn. I'm, there's Patrick Givens. You can look me up. Also, always happy to chat over email. So um, again, my email's out there publicly. It's pgivens, G-I-V-E-N-S, at vaynermedia.com. And the last question we like to ask on this show to help promote voice as a whole is what is a current flash briefing or voice skill or experience that you're really enjoying right now? Well, I'm going to be totally shameless and go given the status of the NFL and hopefully for some of the listeners out there, I'm a huge Baltimore Ravens fan. So I've been Baltimore Ravens flash briefing just about every morning for the past couple of months. We've had a nice run here, but I actually think it's a little bit indicative of what actually does work in this space where it's about a passion point, right? We're not expecting to, uh, for a kind of generic discovery from a random audience. This is very, the content within that flash briefing is designed for fans because those who opt in are going to be pretty, pretty deep and committed fans. One that's a little bit more broad, maybe, and it's been around for a little while, but I think still is just such a great example of what voice can do well is chompers. I'm sure that's one that the audience is super familiar with, but I've just always been very impressed by what the team did there to find a really relevant day part, create good habit, and then keep programming useful content against that and all aligning with encouraging a good behavior. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for being here. And I look forward to seeing what you and the team at VaynerSmart continue to create. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, 
feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you.